PK brought to you in part by Ace Hardware in the store. And another summer is gone. And you think yet again you're the best barbecue guy on the block? Well, are you? You can be one of two contestants to prove it Friday, September 18th, the Ace Hardware on 6200 South and Highland Drive. Tweet at us now and tell us why you should be there taking on the Zone host for the inaugural Zone Barbecue Championship. It's brought to you by Ace Hardware, The Store, Trigger Grills, and The Zone Sports Network. Contestants will be drawn on Thursday the 17th during Scotty and Hans' show. Enter now, and you could be there on Friday. Coming up, we're going to talk with uh, Kyle Goon in the bubble. He covers the Lakers and the NBA for the Orange County Register. We had a really interesting NBA conversation with Steve Cleveland yesterday, and he admitted he's a Laker fan, PK, but he also sold really hard the idea that the Lakers are going to win this title. The Clippers could if they get their act together, and obviously they haven't looked right in the last two games, but he thought the Lakers, since they decided to play Anthony Davis at the center, were finally a championship-caliber team. Without that move, um, he thought they were doomed. Just doomed, which would seem to push the Clippers front and center until they stumbled so badly against the Nuggets in these last two games. But he thought that with AD at the center, that's the key. That changes everything. It improves the Lakers offensively. It improves, improves them defensively. AD can score inside. He opens up the perimeter for other guys. But he can move around and guys can drive. It just... AD's the answer, and now the Lakers are the team. Are you buying it? With a month to go before champion is crowned, is it overwhelmingly now the Lakers? I'm still going to go with the Clippers. I don't think it's overwhelmingly the Lakers. No, I don't. Not Steve, at all. Steve sold it hard. Okay. Well, Maybe it's a little of his fandom speaking. You can sell it hard. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. In fact, <laughs> I'd encourage it. I think that's uh, that's what you should do. If you got something, come down strong on it. Draw some emotion. Get people in. Get them thinking, uh, especially when it comes to sports. In the end, it really doesn't matter. Uh, so I, I still think Clippers have an abundance of talent. Now, it hasn't been manifest these last couple games. <clears throat> I expected it will tonight. I'd be very surprised if they win, but... I feel like uh, I've been one of the lone wolves out there pumping up Denver, saying that I believe they're a really good team and they have the possibility to win it all. I'd put them on the peripheral of it, but it wouldn't be to me like it's shocking. And you don't have the best player in the game, but you have a top five player. I don't. I I think we're reluctant to give Jokic his due as a top five player. Until you get it done deep in the playoffs, I think that's true. I think that's the thing that really moves most people into that category. It can happen without it, but most of the guys who are in that category usually have an awesome postseason uh, resume. Uh, well, on he, to DeKempo, though. Get... On to DeKempo, I mean, one conference final in his yeah, career. Yeah, I never really believed in the Bucks at all. I right. never thought they were a great team. But if you've been MVP or All-NBA first team, then you're a top-five player. And so he's gotten there, even though he hasn't had that postseason success. But most of the people who are in that group, you know, LeBron and Kawhi, uh, Steph Curry, not this year because he was hurt, but most years, you know, those guys have uh, major postseason success. Durant, again, not this year because he's hurt. Okay, top-five players in the NBA right now. I would go Jimmy Butler, Leonard, LeBron, Jokic. 
that fifth one is hard. I'm waffling on the fifth one. My candidates, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Jason Tatum. I'm missing anybody. Anthony Decumbo. I guess you got to put him in there. I suppose you're not, I would go. You're not counting Durant and Curry because no, 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 right they now. didn't play this right year. Right. right now. Yep. Right now. They're not playing. But if so, Curry were available, everybody would trade for him right now. <laughs> They'd trade have, for him right now. <laughs> and then you have, if, if Damon Lillard were available, everybody would trade for him right now, too. So, I mean. Uh, Give me your top four again. Who are the four you've already got in? LeBron, Jimmy Butler. Uh-huh. So far, I literally changed my life. What the heck is that? Somebody turned this computer up. <laughs> just an ad just randomly started playing. Just, what changed your life? <laughs> uh, lower your interest rate, save thousands. <laughs> you got to look it up. Come on. What are you got to look it up for? You should be knowing it, man. We're in sports business. We don't got to look nothing up. So my top five. LeBron. Jokic. Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Kawhi. Okay. Those are my top four. And I guess on individual talent... Nobody I would the, go with onto the combo. Nobody with the Celtics that are still playing. Well, I, that's what I said. My my considerations for top five. Right. James Harden, Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum. But the Celtics really haven't had anybody emerge individually. Now Jason Tatum's a young pup, and he's on his way. Yeah, so, but most and most people would pick him as the guy if you're picking a guy off the Celtics. That's check the, back in a couple of years. Right, but the expectations are that's the guy who, you know, yeah. they're going somewhere, he's the guy who's going to get them there. That's that's the horse they're going to ride right there. He is the guy. But again, uh, he isn't there yet. And, you know, Harden, Harden, Westbrook, onto Tekempo, you know, three guys who've gotten um, MVPs lately, so certainly they were considered in the top five in the game, they were the MVP. And... Harden's been and Harden and Westbrook went to the NBA Finals when they were with Durant. Now on their own, Harden's been to a conference final. Uh, you could argue they were the second team, got a bad draw, and had to play the the Warriors in the second round. Um, maybe they were the third best team in the conference. Um, Westbrook hasn't been past the second round. They haven't no, won I don't play Westbrook series game. lately. I don't even. I don't even consider. Sure, right, I know. But these are guys who got the run. Is oh, you're one of the top five in the game, but they don't have the postseason resume that I'm saying. That's I'm saying. That's why the Joker doesn't get it. He's doesn't get the pub. He's not at a historically great franchise. He's not in a major media market, and he hasn't been deep in the playoffs. Which doesn't it. matter. Those first two <clears throat> things don't matter, squad. He is deep in the playoffs now. In a game seven, this close to a conference. So he is, and I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about last year. I'm talking about right now. Right now. Yeah, well, last he year he was at the, the postseason. Last year was at the same point, game seven in the second round, and they got beat at home. Well, I didn't watch him as much as I did last year, and I got to watch him seven games every single second. So that's another that's clouding my judgment to a degree, admitting my bias. If you don't have bias, you're full of crap. All of us have it to one degree or another. And my bias is I just got done watching him play a seven-game series every single minute, and I'm trying to think. I've come close to, if not, in fact, watched every single minute of the second-round series. And he's an amazing player, and he's like 25 years old. 
And I don't know what it is. You know, he didn't grow up in the American system, and we didn't get to see him play his uh, obligatory, stupid one year in college. So maybe we haven't uh, caught on to him. But I, to me, I couldn't care less what market he's in. They're all the same for me. I'm no respecter of markets. And, but I get others are, so I get your point, I'm saying, for me personally. Yeah. Well, look at the run right. Porzingis got because he was in New York. Terrible team, but he got a ton of run. But he hasn't been as deep in the playoffs as, uh, as we see the Nuggets right now. It's another guy I'd have to consider for that fifth spot, Doncich. Yeah. Yeah, even though they got bounced and they didn't have all their guys. But him, my, my goodness gracious, at 20? <laughs> Holy freak. Yeah. I mean, well, my God, if I'm Cuban, I'm just rolling around in mud here, man. Unbelievable thinking, this guy fell to us. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely, man. He's a generational player, it looks like. So far, anyway, I see no reason why I wouldn't be able to continue. I can argue that he's going to get better. I don't know that he's going to get strong. He's one of these guys like Mitchell. Mitchell was blessed with a mature body at a young age. Yeah. He doesn't have the height, but I mean, I, you, we we remember we showed pictures of before and after of Gordon Hayward. Oh my gosh! Year. Yeah, he clearly grew up. <laughs> clearly, totally changed his physique. Totally. Yeah. But the only thing you'll see with the other guys is maybe the baby face. You know. Yeah, they'll mature. They'll and, just and, get older. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'm sure Donovan would tell you that you know well he is stronger and you know they work on the I'm core sure and is, all yeah. that, but it's like it's not the night and day transformation. I no. mean, I mean Hayward just like this is a kid, this is a grown man, you know. Whereas Doncic yeah, yeah. came in and he was yeah you know, Hayward was twenty percent of the way there because he was tall, uh, but I think Mitchell and Doncic come in and they're eighty percent of the way there, you know. Right. Right. You got somebody like Zion Williamson. Obviously, he's got the okay. He's ninety percent of the way there. <laughs> of a much older uh, person. Yeah. You don't. You don't need to. You know, Van Majerus was always. We uh, got to lock him in the weight room over the summer. You know, that was one yeah. of his go-to phrases. That and got to play better offense. Uh, you know, you know, we say that about Van Horn and some of these guys that were tall and skinny. Got to lock him in the weight room. Well, you don't need to lock some of these guys in the weight room, and I think that's. Uh, part of the reason for their hastened development. And Jokic, uh, you had to lock him out of the kitchen, I guess. Uh, but, you know, there was some thought of, well, his weight loss, how's that going to play out? Well, it's going to play out just play fine. great. <laughs> yeah. He's got I don't all, even notice it. No. No, he's got all the moves inside. It didn't leave him physically weaker. He can still go in. He's still the master of dribbling you, giving him a little bump. Not enough to get a call, but give me a little bump so you're off balance. You can't gather yourself and, and jump. And then he, he flips in some little half hook shot over you, and you're thinking, well, how'd that just happen? I think it's great for the league, though, to have these guys to where you got to really stretch it to try to pick your top five. And we didn't name a bunch of just great, great players. We didn't even put them on the list, just brainstorming. And I think it's great for the league. I think it's great for the league that – it is, isn't always a great player is found in the top five picks. That's what I was about to say. All the guys you listed, yeah. I mean, okay, Tatum didn't go that far, but the Celtics literally traded out of the number one pick because they knew they'd still get Tatum. And, and Danny Ainge knew that was his guy. Nah, we'll trade down a little. He'll fall to us. And he did. That was a gutsy move. Can you imagine trading out and that one, that's your guy, and then you get crossed up? Oh, no, our guy's not there now. 
That would have been brutal. That would have been an all-time story. Well, Ainge is a bank robber, man. I mean, he just, he'll pill for you. I've been, I haven't been around him much lately. When this kid was playing at BYU, I was around him a lot. I always made sure I had my hand in my wallet, man. <laughs> that guy, he'll pickpocket you and, you, and you'll give him a hug and say thank you. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a shrewd evaluator of talent. So is his son, Austin. So, yeah, he, that's who he wanted. And he knew the other guys were going to blow it. And I was wondering if Dallas, Dallas was just praying, screw it up, Sacramento, screw it up, Phoenix. I don't know what that situation was. But obviously they just had to be gleeful. Although I think, maybe this is just me surmising, that they didn't know that Donchers was going to be this good this soon. Yeah, I can see that. Well, you know they're good, but you didn't know they were going to be this good. I, I think there's a little bit of that with Donovan Mitchell. You know, Dennis Lindsay telling uh, everybody in the workout, hey, I will fire you if word gets out. <laughs> and word didn't get out, you know, and, and they got him. But, but even now, Dennis talks about, wow, <laughs> you know. That I think word did get out. out. Not I mean, enough I, that they lost him. So No, no, other, other teams blew it. But I know Hornacek wanted him with the Knicks. I know that, man. He wanted him, and they didn't draft him. Funny, isn't that funny that a coach wants somebody, right? Because in Phoenix, Doncic's former coach is there, and he wants him, and he doesn't get him, and the coach gets fired. And Hornacek's in New York, and he wants him, and he doesn't get Mitchell, and he gets fired. Like, co- <laughs> coach is like, ah, we could have totally done this. Yep. And oh, yeah, yet, it, yep. it doesn't happen. And it, it didn't happen. You're exactly right. And then, boom. Now Jeff's running around doing videos with his daughter. and uh, She's doing something in the great Southwest and traveling and for some television show she's doing. And Jeff has been in them several times traveling with his daughter. Cool. All right, DJ and PK, we're going to the bubble next. Kyle Goon covering the Lakers and the NBA for the Orange County Register. Jay Drew will be here to talk Cougar football at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. A couple news items out of BYU. Yes, uh, they have had to postpone the game against Army. Not sure when that's going to happen. There's a lot of reasons why when you deal with state governments, uh, not just Utah, but New York as well. Look, I've got a ton of respect for Tom Homo, and I think he's done a tremendous job given the situation he's in. But Kalani shouldn't be the guy having to answer these questions. If I'm off base, let me know. But those are questions that should be at Tom Homo. My hope is that they make Tom available. There's just too many questions in regards to the college landscape. Well, what are they going to ask me? I'll tell you what they're going to ask you. They're going to ask you very pertinent questions that BYU fans deserve answers to and that Kalani shouldn't have to answer. Frankly, it needs to happen. It does and it should. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Time to talk NBA playoffs with Kyle Goon, covering the Lakers in the NBA for the Orange County Register. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Kyle, good morning. DJ, what's going on? Uh, I was about to ask you the same thing. Are you still in the bubble? How many days in the bubble? <laughs> Am I still in the bubble? 
Have I ever lived a life not in the bubble? That's that's the more pertinent question. I can't even remember the before times, <laughs> before the bubble times. What is that? How many? Um, di- no, I'm do- doing good. Do you know how many days it is now? How long you been there? Um, I try not to count uh, for reasons for sanity, uh-huh. uh, but it's it's been over sixty days. Ooh, so it's been been two months in the bubble, um, and uh, slowing down a little bit, obviously, with your teams and. And uh, slightly fewer people, um, and so the schedule's slowing down a little bit. But obviously, a lot of weighty games, um, a lot of interesting stuff going on uh, that I'm sure you're you're poised to ask cutting, uh, insightful questions uh, about uh, as we get in here. <laughs> well, that's where I come in, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone Thanks ever seen you do that, PK? <laughs> no. No, not at all. Um, I'm wondering, you know, because we have a potential to be an all-L.A. City uh, final, and, you know, I go way back. Uh, Uh Your editor, Todd Harmonson, worked with him at the Daily Breeze when the Lakers were in, and, you know, I would get called into coverage uh, to to be on finals and playoff stuff. How how is the register, and it's not just the register, the way the thing works, is you guys, you provide content for several papers. So would they be able to send more folks down there? No, no. Um, I mean, there's it, it's an interesting deal. Um, I mean, the bubble, like theoretically, it, it's just painstaking to get anybody in here uh, for any reason. Um, as you guys know, like players have, have guests available and, and can invite, you know, family wives, girlfriends, um, things of that nature. and they. But they had one entry point where they could do one market uh, from in-market do four days of quarantine as opposed to a week where if you come in on a private flight. Um, and now they can't really add more without doing an extra week of quarantine. And, and players are trying to figure that out with their kids and wives and stuff like that. So imagine how low on the poll newspapers <laughs> to, to adding people and staff. I mean, it's been a battle for NBA teams to have people and staff. Now they're going to be able to add up in, in the tier two area where it's sort of the upper deck of the arena. Um, and so the value is questionable. It's just, it, it's kind of painstaking to get anyone in here. Um, so yes, I am going to be the sole member of, of not only, uh, not, not only, uh, the, the Southern California family newspapers, but uh, the, the media news group family of papers, which includes papers in Denver and Boston, which are kind of going right now. So we had Steve Cleveland. Uh, he's our basketball insider. He's on weekly, uh, and he admits he's a huge Laker fan. Um, just since, you know, he was young and he went to UC Irvine, so he's obviously in Southern California. Uh, and he mm-hmm. said that he thought the, he didn't think the Lakers were a championship team. He thought there were, there were too many flaws, there were too many problems, but he said that when they went to Anthony Davis at the five, what that did for them at both ends of the floor was monumental, and he thinks as long as they keep Anthony Davis as the five, that they are, in fact, the favorite to win it all. He thinks it literally flipped the switch, and it is everything. Do you see it the same way? Um, I mean, I do, but also, I mean, depending on the matchup, um, having a big is, is very useful. 
for the Lakers. Um, and just I've been thinking about, you know, what's going to happen if Denver advances and Nikola Jokic is the guy. Like, obviously, you know, he has some range and, and shoots threes and has that ability. Um, but the Lakers were able to win by playing him big this year and throwing JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard on him. And I think what you really see that that makes the Lakers very tough to beat is the, the versatility aspect that they can adjust. That, I mean, they beat Portland in a completely different way than they beat Houston. Both of them have elite scores, but Portland had to try and match up with the Lakers in size, playing two bigs, Hassan Whiteside and Yusuf Nurkic at once, and that didn't work. And then the Rockets forced the, the Lakers to go small, and the Lakers go small, and they're a better small ball team than the Rockets because Anthony Davis um, is so mobile and has so much value, especially defensively. So I, I think that's the piece where um, you know the Lakers really are able to kind of outmaneuver. I, I, I'll agree with your, your friends in that um, kind of going into the playoffs, I did not think the Lakers were at their strongest. But what they've kind of shown that everyone's talking about the Clippers right now and, and wondering if they have it is just that attentiveness, um, the, the competitiveness. I think it kind of streams from LeBron on down that the Lakers are, are trying to compete every game, um, mostly every possession. Even though they haven't been able to win game ones, they've always come back with, with adjustments and the ability to, to tweak their roster. And that's kind of, to me, what's made them the championship favorite when I don't think a lot of people here necessarily thought that was the case when they were coming out in, in starting the playoffs. Yeah, I'd agree with that as far as when it began as to where it is now and how much better. I think one of the reasons, and you're there closer, so I want to get your response to it, I've been impressed by Rajon Rondo being able to come back and, and make some vital contributions. Yeah, I mean, he was key to Game 2 and 3 wins um, and and close wins. Uh, and he's kind of turning back the clock and – and reminding everybody, I know he hates this this term, but about playoff Rondo and, and how good he's been in the playoffs. I mean, he's pretty much a, a near-triple-double career player in the playoffs, um, which is, is kind of remarkable if you think about it. And he's he, his uh, – yeah, I know this is a buzzword, but like his analytics in the regular season are terrible. I mean, it's just a lot of times he's one of the few Lakers who has – um, sort of a negative effect on a lineup. And, uh, and a lot of it comes from just not playing defense at the same intensity they playing right now um, and, and making adjustments and um, sort of mentally picking teams apart. Um, so he and, he and LeBron have that ability. And what Alex Caruso told me the other day was, um, you know, when you have one of those guys, it's a luxury. When you have two of those guys, it's a weapon. So I think his ability to kind of read defenses in games, make adjustments in games, not have to go back to the tape and, and sort of figure it out has, has been of great value to the Lakers. And obviously he's been putting up numbers too. So you know there are a lot of Ute fans listening right now who are wondering, Kyle Kuzma, how does he fit into all this? What should be expected out of him? What do they think of what they are getting out of him right now? The Kyle Kuzma assessment. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting. I think, honestly, I think the biggest thing 
that's happened for Kyle is that Kyle has adjusted his own expectations. Um, and when I say that, I mean, you know, at the beginning of the year, there's like a lot of buzz about like, okay, like what's, what's Kyle going to do? Is he, is he sort of third star of this group? Is he going to be, you know, the, is he, is he going to make this a trio? Um, and that just hasn't happened. Um, and there's, I mean, obviously he started out the season with an injury um, and that really set him back when we got injured while training for Team USA and, and just there's been some other injuries. And I think it's just been hard personally to, to adjust to a team where the dynamics change so much. I mean, last year he was a starter and got a, a bit of a green light. And this year it's just so different and there's so many more veterans and his role has kind of shrunk because Anthony Davis prefers to play um, power forward. So the, the Lakers kind of built a team where Kuz got a little bit less uh, of, of the uh, of the stick, so to speak. And But I think something happened to him in the hiatus where he seemed to realize, I, I understand what I need to do to get minutes. I got to play defense and I, I got to be able to shoot a little bit. And he really, it seems like he spent a lot of the hiatus working on his defense working on his body from that aspect. He's become a much better defensive piece. So he's not the third star right now. Um, and I'm not saying it could never happen, but he's, he's kind of adjusted his, his scope to being like, what does the team need me to be to win this year? And I think he's really identifying it, and especially if the Clippers advance for next series um, and guys like Kyle are going to have to guard Kawhi. I mean, they're going to need – need that matchup to really step up. And so he, they'll, they rely on him. It's just not what people thought going into the season. Has Anthony Davis given any hint whatsoever what he might want to do going forward? Yeah, I think he's given plenty of hints. I think he's staying. <laughs> what do you say that? I, I, I don't think that there's any buzz to any other team. Um and, uh, you know, it's a little screwy now because of whatever's going to happen to salary cap um, and free agency. But I don't, I don't see why he'd leave. It seems very much like he likes it here, um, that he gets along with LeBron. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of basketball left to be played, but this is the furthest he's ever gone. Um, LeBron, in my view, goes out of his way to – sort of make AD feel um, welcome and, and in control. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think you'll find anybody who pays attention who thinks that Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James are a co-partnership. But I, I do think LeBron tries to make AD feel like, hey, this is your thing too. Um, you know, he, he and, and Rob Polinka talked a lot uh, as they were trying to, you know, recruit a team to, to free agency. Um, and, and the pieces they did get reflect a lot of AD's personal choices, like DeMarcus Cousins got Rajon Rondo back. Um, so I don't really see a reason why he leaves. Um, and I think something dramatic would have to happen um, in the postseason and, and probably off the court. Something dramatic would have to happen for him to change his mind. I guess my one thing is that LeBron's going to be 36 at the end of the calendar year. Yeah, but um, that that may be true. But show me a team with max cap space that 
looks like it's doing better than the Lakers next year. Yeah. And that's tough. And, and, and beyond that, I mean, you know, um, I mean, both you guys know, like being on the Lakers is just a huge platform. It comes with a lot of um, benefits, intangible and tangible, um, including money, including commercial opportunity. Um, I do think that AD maybe is not, um, I, I, I think he has less sort of Hollywood interest than, than maybe other stars have. Um, but at the same time, I mean, there's a reason that all this happens and why he asked for the trade. And he, he's on, he's eight games away from seeing that fulfilled. And, and I think that like once, if, if the Lakers were to win, um, I, I think that's cemented. I think he's sort of like, all right, this is the place where I, I won. And this is a place where I want to keep back. Even if LeBron gets older, like, he, he's a guy who's guided me there. I don't. I don't really see Anthony Davis at this point in his career being able to, to mentally be like, "All right, ready to move on." The fact that anyone would use the phrase "if he gets older" when it's inevitable for everybody tells you how awesome <laughs> what LeBron is doing it really is. That that would even possibly be a thing that you, anyone could say with a straight face. So I'm curious I mean, here, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, prove it, prove it, that he it, ages. Prove that he's not Benjamin Buttoning somehow. <laughs> I, I don't know. Right. Uh, so I'm curious, you said eight games away. If the Lakers don't get those eight wins, it's because of which team? Which team? Um, I think it's because of the Clippers if they decide to play. <laughs> and the, the Clippers have not decided to play. Um, I, I don't know what to make of it, um, to be honest. I think the thing that's setting that the Clippers is, is their – supporting role with or their supporting cast which we all thought was a strength going into the season and even into the playoffs um but guys like Montrez Harrell Lou Williams um have not been consistent Patrick Beverly's been injured um and it's just like hey guys like it's it's winning time now you have a 16 a 19 point lead you blow that you have a 16 point lead you blow that like I don't know what has to happen for them to find that urgency. And I think Kawhi's turned on. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's been incredible. Um, and, and it's not him. Um, at the, in this round, Paul George has been much better. I, I like, even though he's gotten the foul trouble, um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't lay that at his feet. But the very thing that was supposed to be the strength of the Clippers has been a weakness uh, in this series. And I don't, I don't know if I fully understand it, and frankly, I don't know, even if they win this series, if they're going to be able to find that quote-unquote gear um, that the Lakers have so clearly seized upon. I mean, you know, I, I think the Rockets are a better team than the Nuggets. I just do. And I, I, I worry if, if the Clippers can't find that urgency against the Nuggets, are, are they going to come out of the series more mentally strong or more mentally wounded because they had to take it to seven games. So I, I, I really wonder about that. But obviously the Clippers at their best, I mean, we've seen them at their best in this series, which is what's so weird. It's like if, at their best, they're very switchable. Um, Kawhi is basically unguardable. Um, so I, I want to see that series, but 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't tell you with certainty that it's going to be on tomorrow. Well, he's Calgoon. Couple months in the bubble and counting. Could be another month if it's a trip to the NBA Finals and a, a long a trip to the NBA Finals. There's an expression that doesn't really fit anymore either. But uh, we'll we'll leave all yeah, that aside. A, a bus over to the NBA Finals. <laughs> yeah, right. A short bus ride. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, well, Kyle, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I always appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, um, I uh, yeah, hope, hope you guys uh, send me uh, – what's a Utah thing you guys could send to the bubble? Not fry sauce. Something better than that. <laughs> I was about to say fry sauce. Uh, Monson? Oh, no. <laughs> Monson. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never pass clearance. Gordon. All right, thanks, guys. Gordon appreciate, with a bow on it. All right, thanks, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle Goon covering the Lakers in the NBA for the Orange County Register. And uh, it's not like back in the day, PK, where there'll be a, a, a platoon of 15 reporters showing up from a paper to have every angle staffed. Kyle will grind it out. Yeah, Kyle will just have to keep grinding it out. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's, uh, I don't think he's married yet. Uh, he wasn't when he was up here. So uh, I guess maybe that's good, but to be stuck down there for that long. And to, to have to carry the load to that degree, you know, because you can imagine if it's Lakers, uh, Clippers. I, I, I mean, I know they got NFL football, two teams now, and, and, the, and the Dodgers are doing really well. And, well, they don't have colleges, so that's, that's a little bit uh, of uh, slack for them. But you would think that the, they, would, they would be requiring a whole ton of work because that's a big deal. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Zero Res has been proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than other methods. Their powered water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, and no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero Res cleaning today by calling them at 801-288-9376. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Another summer's gone, and you think that yet again you're one of the best barbecue guys on the block. Well, are you? You can be one of two contestants to prove it this Friday, September 18th at Ace Hardware, 6200 South and Highland Drive. Tweet at us now. Tell us why you should be there taking on the Zone host for the inaugural Zone Barbecue Championship. It's brought to you by Ace Hardware, The Store, Traeger Grills, and The Zone Sports Network. Contestants will be drawn on Thursday the 17th during Scott and Hand show. Enter now. You could be there on Friday. Just talked a little NBA basketball with uh, Kyle Goon from the uh, Orange County Register. Jay Drew is about to join us, BYU football writer for the D News. BYU has added Louisiana Tech. And PK, on the list of schools that they can play this year, this is probably one of the better teams. Louisiana Tech is uh, averaging basically nine wins a year under Skip Holtz. They haven't had a losing season, and they're coming off a 10-3 and year. We'll see how good they are this year, I suppose. That's what really matters. But as far as games they could possibly add, that's about as high-end as you can get. 
Skip Holtz? He can coach football, can he? I don't know that he has that voice. I know his dad does. He does not have that voice. He does not. I really can't hear Skip's voice. I probably should have heard him interviewed. That's too bad. (laughs) Well, maybe that's good. An eighth game. I have the beholder, I guess. An eighth game for BYU. And then we'll see if they can get a ninth game, if they can reschedule Army, or they can find someone else who is available that weekend. You got any hope for that? Any takeaways after listening to Kalani yesterday? Hope for We're about what? to talk to Jay Drew about adding teams to the schedule or uh, rescheduling a game. Kalani talked about Army and you know the fact they've got a couple dates open in common. My guess is Army doesn't want to play the week before they play Navy. They probably want to buy before that game. So I think it'll probably have to come down to why, why. So they have more time to prepare for Navy because yeah, it's their rival. It's their arch rival, and it's a big deal. Oh, it's, it's only so much time you can prepare. You know how college football coaches are, PK? Yeah. The extra week. Uh, I, I, actually, I don't. I mean, Bronco used to talk about chasing ghosts. And you, you have your time, and if you use your time wisely, that's it. And if you start doing things that are beyond the norm, kids sense panic. And it sends the wrong message. This is exactly what Bronco wouldn't do. And yes, he but the norm. But the norm is Saturday mornings that his. The norm is the norm is that they have a bye before that game. Army and Navy don't usually play the week before the Army Navy game. And is the norm that they prepare for two weeks? You know that. I realize they have a bye, but how do you know there's that's right around finals times? And all that. So, I mean, maybe you know more about Army than I do, but I have no idea if they're using that week to go, that extra week to go intense preparation for Navy, or if they're not waiting until the Sunday or Monday. I can't answer that. I understand they have a bye, but I don't know what their practice regimen and routine is. So, maybe you do, but I don't. Uh, so, I, I think that, and plus, I don't know that other games will be played on Army's schedule. They may want another game and and who's to say that they're not in a situation where if they add another team and that might be the best team to date i don't have army schedule in front of me who they play army plays to where army they may pl- want that game army plays cincinnati and i think that will tell us a lot about how much they want that game if they beat cincinnati a week from saturday uh cincinnati's ranked now I know the rankings are different this year, mm-hmm, yeah. but it's still it's a big game for Army. And if they clear that hurdle, sure. oh, no, then please. I think you can look at a list of games, and I know they could turn it over four times and lose any one of these games. But I think that if they clear the Cincinnati hurdle on paper, that's the biggest hurdle between them being unbeat. Well, I guess the other X factor is Air Force, because Air Force is going to have this weird schedule where they play two games. And Ken Niamatololo went off on that in his press conference. He wasn't happy. Guys in the Pentagon making football decisions. Uh, so I don't know what to think of the Air Force game. Obviously, it's got the military commander-in-chief trophy at stake. You know, it's a, one of the three games that determines that. And so there's an element of rivalry to that. And Air Force won't have played a game. So what does that mean? You're healthy, but, you know, you're not as good usually. Um, I guess by the time they play Army, they will have played Navy. So they'll have one game, and then they'll have a month and off. And maybe is a there deal. a contractual thing where Army's going to owe BYU a game? Yeah, I don't know how that works. So how does that play into it's it? It's a big question how this contract's going to play out. You had the one game canceled. Are you going to require the return trip if it doesn't be played? Right. So do they reschedule? Well, yeah, so 
reschedule it this year, reschedule you it another year. You always game yeah. at Army. So I think we have an indication of what might be happening with Army. Appalachian State at Marshall has been moved to the slot that BYU and Army was in on CBS on Saturday. So maybe Army hasn't found the replacement, and they're going to have to go back to the negotiating table with play the them. What? So what game got moved I into that slot? Appalachian em. State at Marshall. Oh, okay. A game you're not watching, so it That's exactly matter. right. <laughs> I watch the Mountaineers. They're a fun team to watch. Not me, man. I, I, last week, you my wife You didn't think you were going to watch Texas State uh, UTSA, huh? I, I Well, I mean, I that had a BYU interest. I know. I'm just messing with and Plus, you. it was a very good game. So uh, I, I had actually thought if I'm available – I will check that one out. But this one, I've got zero inches. My wife asked me last week, you want to go golfing Saturday? And I said, absolutely not, man. One I'm going to be sitting down watching the ball game. And then now, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't decided, but probably go out and try to frustrate myself with the little white ball uh, as far as that goes. But the, that game that they put in has no interest for me. All right, coming up next, Jay Drew, BYU football writer for the D News. Stay with us.